Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. We are finally back after our little summer vacation, and we have a huge lineup of different guests, episodes, and lots more stuff down the pipeline, so we're super excited to be back. Today we're getting a chance to sit down with Jeremy Paré of Gracie Baja, training out of Ottawa, but right now he's currently training out of California in the USA. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcast streams on all audio formats, especially on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, whatever your flavor is. Order the Choking Hazard podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best and below the waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineers tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You, Trey, you heard it, the 4.0. Join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CHPODCAST at manscaped.com. Just imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Now, let me tell you one thing. Having tried the Manscaped 4.0 myself, plus some products like the Preserver and the Crop uh, Ball Basic deodorant it's been great you have a good trim you can shower after put some bowl deodorant on and you're ready to rock it's a great product they have a huge lineup of different things that you have available for you so you can choose and mix and match and you can have a great deal but also it's free shipping you can't go wrong so remember get 20 percent off at free shipping with code chpodcast at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code chpodcast, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools with the job of Manscaped. We are also sponsored by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's top CBD, NTHD brands and cannabis, you gotta go to Spirit Leaf Waterdown and meet Alex and his crew at that shop. They're gonna help you out with the best service possible and also hook you up with a discount. All you're gonna do is download their um, Instagram and our Instagram, show them that you follow the podcast and they're gonna give you 10% off every time you shop there. Not just once, but every single time. You're gonna be part of the collective. So if you have any questions, make sure you reach out to us or at Alex at Spirit Leaf Waterdown and you'll get all the things that you need to get all the way through there. Thanks everybody. We hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you soon. And we got lots more stuff down the pipeline. Perfect. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from holiday. This is Joking Hazard Podcast. Today we are joined with Jeremy Parle. I'm butchering this French. Parlay. I'm going to try my best, but welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. You're joining us all the way from California, sir. Tell us where yeah. you are. Tell us where you're training out of. This would be love to hear this. Uh, so right now I'm training out of uh, Greasy Baja Newport Beach uh, under Professor Kendall Ruzing. Uh, so yeah, I've been living out here for about since June-ish. Uh, so yeah, I'm here for the next six months preparing for PANS, Nogi Worlds, Ski Worlds, Trials, pretty much everything. So yeah, it's super awesome here. Cal lifestyle is amazing. I saw you training with, uh, I think it was Octavio Sousa as well recently as well. Like, uh, so uh, how did that go for you? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's really awesome. You know, like in California, Gracie Baja is like, has a really strong presence. Uh, so there's a lot of Gracie Baja schools all over the place. Like right now, uh, so I'm in Newport. I go 20 minutes up. I'm in uh, Octavio's school, which is in Huntington Beach. Uh, and so I go there around twice a week, uh, at least I try. 
And then on Sundays, I go to Karen Gracie School uh, in uh, Rancho Santa Maria. So, yeah, good training. And, uh, yeah, definitely high-level training partners here. Otavio Salza, Karen Gracie, uh, Professor Kendall uh, Ruzing, Sol Vieira. Like, there's so many great ones here. Uh, but, yeah, Otavio messes me up pretty. It's, it's, it's rough. It's a rough one. <laughs> I've, t- I've, t- I've told my story of uh training with a, a lot of high level guys like i think i told my jt torres story on here a couple of times uh zach maxwell just completely just obliterating me like every set basically just like feeling like a white belt and you're like hey i'm gonna get ready for worlds i'm like a blue belt pur- purple belt i think i'm pretty good and then you roll with these guys and you just realize like how much you are either really really bad at jujitsu or how really really good they are <laughs> Like with Otavio, it's not even fair. Like, like, I felt like a tiny champ. Like when I went there, I felt like I was four. Like I remember, like he went, and I think he cross choked me like at least seven times. Like, and we did like he was like, oh, I need to get my cardio back because he just had a baby too, so he's not like in like peak shape. So I was like, okay, this is my time to go and not get really messed up. And that was not a good choice. And he just beat me up. They're like, <laughs> He's like, oh, man, I need to get my cardio back. And thanks for rolling with me. I, like, tapped you, like, 10 times. <laughs> yeah, like, and then, like, Wednesday, we, like, shark tanked him for 30 minutes. And he's like, okay, so we're going to go. And basically, the next guy goes in when I tap you. And we're like, what if we tap you, bro? And it's like, no, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> for 30 minutes straight, he just, like, messed us up like it was nothing like every every minute just tap 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 for 30 minutes straight it was not good uh yeah he's something else so what kind of was the motivation to head down to california for this like the six-month training camp so uh it kind of happened all of a sudden so before i was in california i was in uh, houston texas for uh around five months and I was training out there with uh, Pedro Marino, Bruno Matias, Upiano, uh, and basically the, the team down there. And uh, basically, I had uh, I told my car out there. So I like drove down, totaled my car, so I couldn't make any more money. So I lived off the insurance money, and I was like, okay, just go back home. And it was around May. And I was supposed to work this like pool installing job during the summer, just because like, you know, I had to make money and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really not happy with that. And I didn't want to settle for that. So basically, that's like the great thing about Grace Baja is like the network is so big. And in Mexico, I went to Mexico in February for like this big training camp. And uh, I met Professor Kendall down there. And I saw like this ad that she was like, she really needed instructors or something like that. So I called her up and I'm like, hey, Professor, I'm like, this is what just happened. You know, I don't want to work for this bullet selling job. Do you, do you need any help in California? She was like, yeah. She's like, uh, how soon can you be here? I'm like, well, I got my two weeks quarantine. Give me like two weeks to get my things together so I can be there in four weeks. She's like, okay, perfect. Four weeks later, fly out here and I've been here ever since. So yeah, it was just kind of like all this sudden, just restrictions, things like that. I didn't want to like, I, I didn't want to be stuck in the past again, like because of COVID and like the restrictions in Ontario. Like you never know, like they keep opening and closing. And instead of dealing with that, I just decided to come here when I knew everything was open and staying open at least. So yeah, that was a uh, that was a plan. What's how's the, the, how's the training? How's the training scene down there? Like, what's what's going on? Are like clubs open? You guys are rolling. Things are pretty much yeah. back to normal. Everything's back to normal. Like they took off the the mask mandate too. 
so when I landed here, like it was really like I was in 2019, like no mask, nothing, everything's open. Uh, so it's really, it's, it feels really good to be here. Uh, now it's like, I think they're going to start putting the mask back up. Like it depends on the county. Like uh, I'm in Orange County right here. So it's still pretty like chill and they don't really care about COVID that much. So it's pretty open. Uh, but like when you go up to like LA County, that's when it's like super restricted and like the mask and it's all super crazy. Uh, so thankfully I think we'll be good here to stay open. No masks, no nothing. Uh, so right now we're training hundred percent like normal. Uh, we have like, yeah, everything's back normal. It feels so good. feels like we're in 2019 basically. Uh, yeah. what's the, like some of the training, like, like contract. Cause like you, you, you know, you trained in, um, just for the record, like, you know, like tell us like where you trained in Canada and then like contrast, like maybe, or compare like the training, like in Canada and the U S and like, what are some differences? What are some things you found the same, um, different Gracie Bajas, for example, like, do they do different, do they do different styles of training? Does it depend on, depend on the instructor? Like what are like some things that you found were similar and different? So the big difference I think right now is like, so I train out of Grace Baja, Ottawa under Professor uh, Nicholas Castiglis and Mark Hulse. Uh So yeah, those are my main instructors. And like, I've been with them ever since I'm like a little kid. Uh, and so back home, the training was really good. Like we're actually starting to build a team. Uh, you know, we got the Booty Brothers on our squad too. We have like uh, Professor Cameron. So we're slowly starting to build like a really strong team. And our comp team uh, back home, it's every day. So Monday to Friday, uh, and sometimes Saturdays, I think, Saturdays too. Uh, in our comp team, we do, like, very, like, specific uh, sparring. So we'll do, like, two micro positions to, like, help us warm up, whether it's side control, mount, back, whatever it is. And then after that, we'll do around, like, half an hour of just, like, king of the hill, line drills, uh, close yard stuff, just working on a guard, passing. And then after that, we'll do rounds. So that's, like, the big mentality over in hand, and we'll just, like – basically die after an hour um in houston it's very like there's a lot of technique so it's very technical sorry so like when i was out there we were doing like well it's like 15 to 20 minutes of just technique sorry one sec your your audio is just cutting out a little bit but yeah sorry about that yeah so okay, in no houston worries, in houston at west chase it's very technical so we'll do like 15 to 20 minutes of just uh, repping techniques or repping sequences. Like I remember like uh, Professor Pedro, he loves talking about sequences where like you have to connect movements. So like we'd start and it was literally feet to floor like it was a match. So we'd like, if you want to pull, that's fine, but you pull into a sweep into a submission. Or if you want to take down, you take down past submit. Uh, and that was kind of warm up. And then after that, it was just a lot of rolling. You know, feet to floor, just getting used to like connecting those movements, connecting those sequences. Over here, it's much longer training. So the longer the training here is two hours long for the competition training. It's two hours just nonstop and they kill you basically. Uh, and like in both West Chase and Ottawa, it's one hour. Here it's two hours, two hours and a half, uh, depending on the day. So we'll start, we'll do like one to two technique just to get our body warmed up. We'll do like jogging around, normal warm up. And then after that, we'll do a lot of shark camp. But the shark tank that we do, we do like micro-positional shark tank. So how it works is we'll do, like, let's say like this week, we worked on the mount a lot. So we had one guy on the bottom for like six minutes. And then every minute you get a new fresh guy in on top of you trying to submit you. Uh, and your goal is just to escape the mount. So you're getting used to those micro-positions a lot. And then after those six minutes, 
then it's your turn to go on top. You stay on top for six minutes. And then after that, every minute, you get a new guy in. Uh, and then basically you have like groups of five, four to five, and they all do their turn. And then after that, we'll do like another position. We'll do around like two to three rounds of that kind of like micro positional, like sparring slash shark tank. And then after that, we'll do like long sparring sessions. So we'll do like four to five rounds of like eight to uh, six to eight minutes, depending on the day. And then after that, we'll end it off. Like this week, we needed a guardian. Professor <laughs> Sullivan thought we needed our cardio back. So we did like three minutes. So we ended, we ended off with three rounds of three minutes of like shadow wrestling. We're like down blocks, sprawls, and shooting. So we're staying in our stance the whole time after you're like dead tired. You don't want to do it at all. But it's like that last three minutes is what like helps your cardio get up, helps like, especially for like your mindset. You know, it's like when you're dead tired, there's like one minute left in the match, you have to keep pushing. That's really what it helps us, like kills our legs. And then we'll do like two to three rounds of that. And then after that, the training session will be done. So it's really long training sessions here, but very like specific uh, training. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the big difference. And like, depending on the instructor too, depending on who's getting ready for what the training will be different. Right. So like here, uh, when professor Kendall was getting ready for a fight to win fight, uh, or gi title fight, we we're training a lot in the gi. Uh, right now, you know, professor Saul, he's getting ready for his ADCC trials. So we're training a lot in node. Uh, so it kind of bounces around. Whereas like at West Chase, it was kind of like 50, 50 where we do like no gi in the morning, gi at night. And I was just like set in stone. Where like here, it kind of just depends on what, what you're getting ready for. Like I'm getting ready for pants right now, so I'm training a lot in the gi. Uh, but so I was training a lot in no gi for no gi trials. Whereas back home, back home is a lot of gi training. Like in Canada, I find like it's very focused on the gi still. Uh, not to say that we're behind, but, you know, like the heel hooks game, it's still very recent to Ontario. I don't think, like, I, I don't know if there's any tournaments right now, like, promoting it. Uh, but I think now that BGS doing it now, slowly people are going to start learning about it and things like that. Whereas here, like, we've, like, ever since I've been in the States, I've been trained with, like, locks, trained with heel hooks. So you get used to those, like, positions a lot. Uh, I find, like, that's a big difference between the U.S. and Canada. The level, I mean, the level depends, you know. Like, I've been trained world champions here. Back home, I've Cameron so it's it's we have like a lot of like close guys so the training honestly it just depends who shows up you know as long as you get like four or five great guys on the mats you can have a really tough training training session you know so that's all you need to have a good good team and build a world champion I think uh so yeah there's a big difference heel hooks compared to no heel hooks in Canada I think that's the major major difference uh between the two um, so when you guys are like in camp, obviously there's always a debate of like how many days of training you should do compared to rest and like strength training. Like, so how have you kind of like formulated your program? How many like training sessions are you doing a day, uh, or like per week? I don't know. Are you adding strength training in there as all? Well? So, uh, here I've actually been doing a little bit less training, weight training. When I was in Houston, I was doing, so I was doing one no-gi session a day and one gi session a day. Plus I was weightlifting and I found like, and I was weightlifting, like powerlifting. So I was lifting really heavy. Uh, and I found like that was really good, but my joints and my body was getting messed up. Like I just couldn't do like by the Friday, you're just dead. And like Saturday, Sunday, you need to take off. Yep, just in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I've done Whereas that. I did, here, I did that for, I did the thing. I did that for worlds where it was just like lift, yeah. 
two or three jujitsu sessions a day. And then like two weeks in, like my body was just throbbing. Like I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not good. You know, like we think like, especially in jujitsu, we talk a lot about like longevity. It's like, and you can't do that all your life. You know, you're going to no, die. You can't. Like your joints are getting messed up. Whereas here, uh, so here I'm, I'm training a lot. So I'm doing four comp training sessions a week. So I got Monday, Friday here in Newport. And then I'm trying to hit Wednesdays and Sundays uh, with Otavio. So that's like set in stone right now, especially getting ready for pans. I have to train with Otavio a lot. So he's the best middleweight. So he helps me prepare a lot. So the four comp training is really important. And then after that, on Thursday mornings, I have my, uh, we have like kind of like drilling. It's not too crazy, like crazy rounds, but it's a lot of like technical stuff. We just kind of like sit around and talk about techniques, like kind of share whatever we, we want to talk about. Like uh, last week, we talked about like heel hooks, things like that. So it, it just really depends on what we want to do. Uh, but it's a lot of drilling and like specific drilling, nothing too crazy. And then after that, I'll lift right now. I'm only lifting like two times a week. So I'm doing like nothing too crazy. A lot of like uh, functional training, functional lifting. Uh, I'm training with uh, Professor Kendall's coach here, Coach Ashley. She's helping us a lot and like getting us in shape. And it's like, it's nothing like super intense. Like by the end of it, you're not like dead tired, but you feel like you're getting much stronger just because like you're utilizing just enough of your strength, but you're still keeping enough in the tank where like you can still push it again at night. So I find like that's the big difference where like here compared to Houston, where we're like a little bit smarter. And here too, the big thing is we're talking a lot about routines. Like uh, we, we have like a mental performance coach here and he talks a lot about like, you know, having our morning routines or PM routines. And it's like that and staying consistent with that is really helping us. So just having like a consistent, like, uh, like Professor Cecil, we actually just finished talking about this, like 168 hours of like consistency, you know, all week long, having the same weeks, like that really helps us like maintain our maintain our success rate pretty high and maintain our body at a level where like we can push all week long. So we're all honestly training and teaching like six to seven days a week. Uh, you know, if we feel like we need a day off, we'll take the day off. But honestly, I haven't taken too many days off here just cause like, I don't need to, cause we're like, we'll train just enough for like when we need to like, when we're like dying, that's when we stop. And then after that, we get enough time to recover and then we go again. Uh, so that's, I find like the really good thing about here. It's like, I find like a lot of people, they, they like focus too much on just like killing themselves or like, okay, but like at the end of the week, you can't train. So now we're training just as much, but because it's so specific. And so it's like, it's like, it's a routine. Your body gets used to doing it. So the more you can do it, the better you get. Uh, I find like that's our trick here and that's, what's really helping us. Awesome. Uh, a couple of things that you mentioned, I thought that were really cool. Like in like your, so like, I'm a big proponent of like strength and conditioning. You were talking about like powerlifting and all that, which I think is fantastic. But what's the difference between like your kind of like powerlifting routine that you were doing on your own. And then like the, the training sessions that you're doing with, uh, what, what was the, the coach's name again? And then just break coach down like, what, okay. And then like, just break down like the difference between like what kind of what you were doing on your own and like what you're so doing. Or... The big difference when I was on my own, like I was going like 24 hours of fitness and like, I was deadlifting a lot, squatting a lot, and benching a lot. So, yes, it's like three typical movements, but you don't see that in jiu-jitsu often. Like, one, you should never bench press anyone off you in jiu-jitsu. You know, I like, yeah, sure, you could argue deadlift, you use a lot, but uh, I was going, like, really heavy. 
like I think like I was going like two three plates like pretty much every day for like like anything <laughs> and it was like it was cool <laughs> and like I was lifting heavy and stuff but I was just like it was hurting you know like uh, by the end of the week like I remember one day like I, I just had to take the day off because I couldn't walk down my stairs uh where I was living <laughs> it was just like terrible uh whereas here like what we're doing we're doing a lot of like movements that you see in jiu-jitsu like super lightweights like nothing crazy like i think right now the most we've lifted without coach ash is maybe like 100 pounds uh so we're keeping everything super light so it's super much easier on our joints we're focusing a lot on like movements that we see in jiu-jitsu strength that we're using like muscles that we're using through jiu-jitsu and like weird positions like weird way of doing like our like rows so like we'll do like for examples instead of doing like seated rows uh like cable rows we'll do like we'll be on like this weird like bear crawl position and we'll have a kettlebell and we'll just do rows from there so it's this weird position where like normally you wouldn't you wouldn't think of doing it but just because you're in this like weird position that you have to use those muscles like i think we were using a 20 pound weight and like we were dying or we'll do like instead of doing like a normal bench press we'll do we'll, we'll take like a yoga ball and we'll put like half our body on the, uh, on the yoga ball and then we'll do a bench press or like a one-handed press from there. So the difference is instead of going like super heavy, we're staying small, but we're putting our body in positions that like it forces us to work a little bit harder, but while keeping the weight way lighter. Uh, so it, probably, it just helps us get stronger in a much lighter way. I think yeah, so you guys are keeping it more like highly functional, yeah, a lot yeah. of repetitions, really kind of building up strength endurance rather compared to like strength and like hard yeah. lifting yeah. on the joints. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really good. I think that's a good smart class. And like too, like there's days where like we just go in and like you know we call them like crusty Mondays where like we wake up and we're just like dying. And like Coach Ashley, so we'll see that and instead of like lifting, we'll just do mobility for an hour. Uh, mm. You know, so it's like really like a lot of a big part of it is listening to your body listening to how you're feeling that day and like sure if you want to like go lift like fine go lift but don't like kill yourself lifting you know just use it enough where you get stronger but not enough where you're dying you know like that's a big difference between here and houston i find what's up do you think sorry sorry mike i just want to ask this go ahead like because you know that concept of like you being smarter like you listening to your body you know how like do you think that's just a maturity thing of, of athletes just kind of getting more mature and listening to their body? Or is it just like, they're still trying to grind out that old way of thinking, or oh, if you're not tired, you're not working. Like, do you think is that's um, still around or like, you think athletes are getting smarter, especially in the jiu-jitsu scene? I mean, I think it's very controversial, you know, cause you got, you know, like I love Professor Homolo, but you know, his, his catchphrase is every day, you know, it's like, which is cool. You know, sure, you can train hard every day and, like, crush it every day. But, you know, at one point, are you just training to train and not training to get better? Like, that's a big difference. Like, here, we can train seven days a week at a constant pace while still getting better. We can do that all year long. Whereas, like, if I'm training, like, I don't know, as hard as I can, well, now I have to do camps. I have to break down, like, one month, two month scenarios where, like, okay, I know I just got to push it for those two months, and then after that, I'll have a one or two months off or like one or two weeks off where I can just from just in bed chilling for the for the day. Whereas here, like we don't need to do that. Like we're super consistent and being being smart with our body by like when I say listening to our body, it's not necessarily like slacking off or taking the day off. It's like, okay, 
like we were using whoop a lot like this is like the new thing like whoop and like oh, yeah. it's your recovery and basically like there's like you literally see like a circle and if it's green it's green if it's yellow and there's like green yellow red if you're in the red like i think it's like under 25 percent, and you're in the red well okay instead of training hard today we're gonna do mobility we're gonna do reps and then we're gonna watch instructionals so that's how we're gonna use that like our day off mm-hmm. to like still get better whereas like some people they would see that like red and they'll be like well I do eight rounds of eight minutes now. Let's go. And it's like, you're not getting better, bro. Like, you're just killing yourself for nothing. Yeah. Whereas, like, we're finding a ways to still get better while we're, like, dead tired. Now, that's a big difference. I find. I think that's, I think it's key. I think using the whoop was the whoop uh, straps, very important. I did, I think I was doing something like that. It was a little more primitive, like, years ago, but just like monitoring, like, your resting heart rate in the morning. I think whoop kind of does, like, a heart rate variability thing. So it's like, yeah, heart rate variability. Yeah. yeah. So then like, that'll tell you if you're, you're either good to go, maybe you dial it back a bit or you, you take a rest, like an active recovery day, basically. And I, and I, yeah. I think it's essentially what you're using with that. And I think, I think it's honestly the, the smarter way of training. I think going forward, I think, you know, jujitsu, especially the last, I would say five years from what I've seen has gotten a lot more quote unquote professional, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Like the, Athlete the, training, the training is a lot more organized. Like, you know, you're, you're, you see a lot more people like yourself, they're training like professional athletes versus like, you know, 10 years ago, you show up and it's like, all right, let's do, okay, guys, let's do a leg drag. And then like, okay, let's roll for three hours. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> hey guys, open mask for three hours. Don't stop rolling. Like, like go. I mean, like sometimes that's cool, but at the same time, like, I think what you're doing is you're, you're training smart. Like you're, you're, you're basically from what you're telling us, like your, your training's a lot more structured. It's a lot more organized. You know when to push hard. There's, there's definitely there's times you need to push hard, and there's definitely times you need to dial it back a bit. Yeah, and like that's just how it is, you know. And with jujitsu too, it's like, you know, like Professor Master Carlos, he talks about a lot like longevity, being able to do this all your life. You know, like he, I, I forgot how old he is, but like he's in his sixties and he's still doing it. You know, it's like if I want to be able to get to the point where I'm sixty years old and I'm still in the mats training. Well, that means that, like, in my 20s, I have to be smart. I can't just be, like, gong show and just train as hard as I can, spend, like, 20 hours fucking inverted on my neck. Uh, you know, that's just not smart. Uh, but, like, yeah, we just, you just you have to be smart if you want to do it for a long time. If you look at jiu-jitsu and you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm a pro athlete. I'm just going to kill myself for a year or two, like, win a couple world championships, you know, take some acid in Jesus and then just die. And that's cool. You know, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by acai and Jesus? Uh, no comment on that. One. No. <laughs> I think Aaron's looking for uh, a lot of acai and Jesus. No, I'm good. Post COVID recovery. Yeah. Like, you see two kinds of people. You see the ones that like came out of the pandemic like fat, and then the other ones like just came out just fucking ripped. They got they got bigger and stronger. All all on Jesus, hundred <laughs> percent. That's what we say here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think this is a good time for an ad break. Spirit Leaf Water Down, sixty four Hamilton <laughs> Street North. All your C- there's no Jesus there, but you got CBD, THC, all all the gummies that you could use, and your and whatever your heart desires. Alex and his crew there, 
will uh, will help you out when you're back at when you're back in town. If you're back in the GTA, uh, Spearleaf Waterdown, they got they got all your needs. Uh, unfortunately, they may have acai in the future. They may have CBD infused acai. That could be a Man, possibility. That'd be so sick. Imagine acai <laughs> infused bomba. <laughs> just they just drip a little bit into your acai, and then you're set. Uh, they they've 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 really solid products though. Um, but yeah, check them out. Um, I want to talk about like kind of like the current scene, the world scene. I know um, you know you're you're a big uh, Gracie Baja guy. Uh, do you follow like a lot of like what's going on, you know, current scene wise? Or anybody that you're watching, like whose instructionals are you watching on uh, on your recovery days? Like who you who are you studying, yeah. emulating? The great thing about Gracie Baja, there's a lot of great things. One is I'm exposed to so many high levels guys. Like you know, like there's like Latavio here. Professor Kendall here, like Professor Kendall just dropped, like, I think she did like, like a 10 hour instructional, just like takedowns for jujitsu. Um, you know, so I have a lot of resources already, but right now, like, you know, I try to keep inside of Grace Baja, you know, to be honest, like I'm, I'm a little bit biased, but that's, that's kind of my way. You know, I love, like right now I'm watching a lot of like Giacomino's instructionals, uh, Lucas Valanche's stuff. Um, been watching a lot of Pedro, Pedro, Tavio, Homolo. Uh, you know, just the main guys, Philippe Ben, and a lot of the, his stuff too. Um, you know, that's a lot for the gi, though. A lot of the gi stuff, I watch a lot of Gracie Baja guys. Um, it kind of depends too. So, like, the way Gracie Baja works is like every week we have like a theme of the week. So, like, last week is Mount, I think next week's like uh, Top Guard, things like that. So, whatever the week is, I try to base off my training with that just because that's what I'll be teaching. So, if I know I'll be teaching it, then I'm training it and it just helps like keep the mind sharp with it. So like next this week, like I'll probably be watching like Jacqueline's instructional, but the weeks where I'm watching, doing a lot of no gi stuff, I'll be watching a lot of the, the DDS stuff like Gordon Ryan, John Danher stuff. Uh, so they're kind of my like two favorite ones to watch. And a lot of times I just kind of sit with Saul and whatever he's watching, I'm watching it too. Um, so that's for instructional wise. But jiu-jitsu wise, man, there's so many good guys right now. Like uh, you know, Johnny Dripple is one of them who just went out and like he's he's really not someone that people talk about often, but people should talk about more. You know, like he went on, I think it was uh what was it called? Emerald, Emerald Invitational. Yeah, Emerald, Emerald City Invitational, that's right. And he just like went and just smoked everyone. You know, like that was awesome to watch. Um, you know, smoked, that, smoked that, that one heel hook, heel hook from hell. <laughs> <laughs> If he I dies, he dies. <laughs> you know, it's, that's what it is. You know, when you're fighting for money and like, especially that and like at that level, guys, not that they're stubborn, but man, those guys, those guys don't tap. Like you put Kennedy in an arm bar, there's no way he's tapping. Coberto in an arm bar, he's not tapping. You know, like you got to crank it and you know, it is what it is, but it's also competition. You know, your competition, yeah. you're fighting for like 10K. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people thought that was dirty, but I, you know, it's part of the game. You know, I think so too. Honestly, I agree, especially at like a professional jujitsu level. Like, you know, your goal is to your goal is to get a submission, your goal is to win. Like, I'm pretty sure like Gianni didn't have any ill will or toward towards any of his opponents there, but like he saw an opportunity, he took it. That's that's the way it is. Like could have been an arm bar, could have been a heel hook, could have been whatever the case may be. And at that level too, like, you know, that's what you learn too, rolling with those guys is like things happen so fast, you know, like the game is so fast. 
it looks sometimes very slow, but like the micro positions, everything that's going on, it happens very fast. So if you see an opportunity, if you don't want to miss it, you have to go, you know? And I think that's what Gianni did there. You know, props to him. He did awesome out there. Uh, you know, Mika is a big, uh, big guy too on the scene that came out and just smoked everyone as well. Uh, Mika Galbao, you know, he just got his black belt recently. He's really good. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are crushing it. Oliver Tazlin is one of them. You know, he's like, he's competing more IBGF now since that the, the, the heel hooks have been there. He's doing really good. Uh, you know, a former te- a teammate of mine, Bruno Matias, uh, he's really doing so well. Like, uh, he's really, like, I'm really super proud of him. Like, he's going out and just putting his name out, out there on everything. And he's beating guys like – you know, Andre Profil beat him like a couple weekends ago, and like he's really putting himself out there. He fought Hulk, like man, who fights Hulk? Who wants to fight Hulk? I don't want to fight Hulk. Fuck that. <laughs> and he like pulled up to like to be in that weight division. Man, he took him on. He fight him nogi pants. He did super well against him. Uh, you know, Pedro Marino, of course. Like I'm watching him a lot, um, just because like I spent so much time with him that like it, I, I just seem like he's a, he's a really big like idol of mine. Uh, so Pedro, he's, he's awesome to watch. Um, and yeah, a lot of the Gracie Baja guys right now on the scene are crushing it and like they're, they're slow and up and comers, but like guys are going to know them very soon. Like Pedro and Bruno, uh, they're the two main guys that like, man, keep an eye out for them and they're just crushing everybody. Um, you know, I like to watch some of the AOJ guys as well. Like, uh, Lucas Hulk, he's really good. Uh, you know, I was watching his fight with uh, Matiz Denias the other day. We're like, um, BJJ Stars, that was really cool. Uh, interesting, interesting call in that one. But. Interesting finish. I think, I think we talked about that a while ago. So, uh, I think Aaron made a, a smart ass Instagram but, uh, about it. And I think, I think Hulk responded. I think he's coming for you. Probably. <laughs> probably going to tear you in half and then eat an acai bowl after over your corpse. You're good. He'll never come because in Ontario it's too cold. It's too yeah, cold. exactly. So I'm fine. I'd never leave yeah. him anyways. Got nowhere yeah. to go. <laughs> so yeah. we all agree that Aaron's ducking Hulk then. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Too. I would. Too. <laughs> I'm not rolling with him. Fuck that. Fuck Oh, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, man, Hulk's Hulk's been really good. He's actually like really impressive. On like, he, you know, he's always won a lot of things. But especially in Nogi now, like, he was kind of one of those door coaches before where, like, you weren't sure what kind of Hulk was showing up in Nogi. He was either, like, doing really well or doing okay. Now he's consistently winning everything, which yeah. is, like, props to him. It's really good to – real cool to see that. Yeah, he's, uh, like, he's looked really impressive. I thought – I think I saw him against uh, William Tackett as well and just put on a – passing clinic where it was just like he was just running yeah, up the, running I was up the very points. critical about that because one that was a short notice fight for William Tackett and he sure. outweighed him by like 20 pounds and I was like Listen, sure. I, thought we're, I, I can tell you it's impossible to tackle you know, I'm, not really saying, to I'm not saying it was like Paul didn't do a good job I just like I I wasn't too impressed with it. That's all I was saying. <laughs> I'm not impressed with your performance. <laughs> That's Eric. Yeah. Your performance. Yeah, I know. <laughs> George. Yeah, I, I don't know. With William, I think, like, William also wasn't playing a very active game either. Like, a lot of people are, like, giving shit to Hulk because of that fight. Like, man, 
William just kind of laid there and just tried not to get tapped. Or yeah. Tapped. He was, he, do you think he was just trying to survive the whole time versus like, hey, I'm going to try to attack and see what happens. I'll open up. If he gets me, he gets me. I think he was just trying to prove a point that like he couldn't get tapped, but like, which is cool. But you try also to like, it's, I think it was who's number one, right? Uh, like yeah, it was on who's number one. Because it was originally supposed to be Hulk versus Craig Jones, and then Craig Jones broke his hand, and then he couldn't fight. Yeah, like, man, you're fighting on that stage. I'm sorry, but like, I, I think I saw during the match, Will kind of let Hulk pass his guard. It's like, bro, it's like, one, you're fighting Hulk. Two, you're on who's number one. Like, at least try to do something. Like, of course, it's Hulk, and, like, I would die if I fought him. But, <laughs> like... You know, it's just like that kind of part too. It's like it's so hard to tap a guy that doesn't want to fight. You know, yeah, and like, yeah. I agree. I think that's the big problem right now in like the jiu-jitsu community is a lot of guys they like they show up to win, but they don't show up to fight. You know, like uh, especially in the gi, I find like that's a big problem in the gi right now. Like guys will fucking get two points and then they'll solve their, their their fight out. You know, which is cool, great. You can be a world champion like that as well. Uh, but, Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, based around, that's based around the rules, right? Yeah, they, like I think playing it, within, it's playing within the rule set. Yeah, you know, but like you look at fight wins, like, man, there's guys that go and fight wins and play 50-50, you know? Like, I say that, like, I was in, like, my last fight on fight to win, like, that's what happened, like, you know, I got tied up in the lapel and 50-50 game during, like, supposedly during only. during a submission holy tournament where like trying to stall and like win by an advantage in that yeah, rule set which know, doesn't make any like, sense whatsoever it's cool but you know at the same time i'd much rather a guy like watch a guy like pedro marino who's doing this like you know like he found sug the other day and did this like tag team format where like literally it was like wwe where you just had to tag your partner and they were like, oh, <laughs> that's amazing. See, that's what, see, Mike <laughs> and I had a conversation with, um, oh, fuck, this is a, this um, a while fight, ago, like Fight Atlantic series. Um, fuck, the name is totally oh, off. Oh, Daniel White's thing? No, yeah. no, no, it was no, yeah. no, Derek, Derek, what? Derek Clark, Derek Clark, Derek Clark. We had him on Derek a while Clark ago from Fight League Atlantic. And basically, he was telling us about a tournament that they did. It was it was tag team style, and I was like, "This is the greatest idea ever." And if oh, somebody yeah. did it in an organized it's event, it would be amazing. Like, give me your hand, tag like, me in quintet style, but like, like tag team quintet, where like it's like, there's five guys. If you tab them, you're out. But if not, you can tag whoever. Or like battle royale style of like five guys or five guys just running at each other. That sounds like amazing. That sounds great. Heel hooks. Any every every submission and heel hooks, you get an extra hundred points if you crank crank them on like Johnny Gribble. As long as you as long as you don't do that stuff in training, maybe I I didn't have an issue with it overall in a in a tournament, especially like a professional jujitsu tournament where you know, pretty much you're, you're going to you're going to kill <laughs> yeah you know, another thing in training is like it depends what your mindset is compared to training yeah there's guys that like you know if you think of the submission sure and train like there, there's different types of classes competition team if you have an armbar and the guy's not tapping 
You're not letting go of the Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, well, you know, but someone's being in a fundamental on stash, you're not going like ripping, <laughs> ripping submissions. Two straight, two straight, uh, you know, like a new like female to the class. Like, well, like the heel hook's there. I mean, <laughs> Listen, <why don't> <laughs> it is Sound what it is. You know, it, it just depends on what the style is and who's there, to be honest. Like, you know, like Professor Saul, like, you know, on Thursday, I wasn't tapping the heel hook and, like, it's not like he let it go. You know, he just cranked it more and slowly cranked it more and then like, eventually tapped. You know, and that's how I think that's how heel hook should be trained. Like, you should progressively add them on. Like, the way we did in Ottawa was like, we started with like uh, wrist tap. So, like, if you could like expose the heel and just like touch it with your wrist, like that was it. And then after that, like the week later, we did like, okay, you have to like hold the position. If you can hold like the heel for three seconds, then you win. Okay. And then after that, we're going to slowly work on like the breaking mechanics, but we're still going to roll with just the getting the position. And then eventually, okay, now we're going to work on the defense because we don't want anyone just like spinning out of stuff that they shouldn't be spinning it out of and then destroying the knees. So then we started working on the defense and then we started rolling. Okay. Now with heel hooks, we're going to start cranking it slow. If you get it, like just no one move, work on finishing. Well, okay. Everyone's got the finishing. Well, okay. Now we're going to work on defending it. We'll do some micro positional. Okay. Now full on heel hooks during the round. I think when you progressively add them on, there's no problem. But if you just go one day or another, like, okay, guys, heel hooks. Like, that's when you get guys that just watch Gordon Ryan on YouTube and then try to, like, fucking destroy each other's heels and, like, break their knees. You know, like, that's a problem. Uh, but then again, I'm not black. I don't know much. No, um. that's, that's honestly, like, a smart, progressive way of training. Not even just heel hooks, but, like, just any position, really. Just Yeah. Like, that's how it should be, you know. Um, no, it's kind of everything, you know. You don't – before you're able to train sparring – you have to get like one stripe or two stripes or however the gym works, you know, you have to get some kind of experience before starting to spar full on rounds. It's kind of the same thing with heel hooks. If you don't know like how to defend them, why would you start doing them in sparring? You know, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, that's like different training mindsets, I think. Yeah. And I, I think that's like anything, like you're going into knowing what you're training for. And as you progressively build into it, everybody's on the same page. Right. And that's yeah. how the whole group should be acting compared to one person has a different agenda compared to the rest of the group. That's where you injuries and problems happen. I mean, freak accidents happen all the time and you can't yeah. get away from that. But as long as the group has an agreement of where the progression is. Yeah, and I think, like, another thing, too, when we talk about competition team, is like, there's a, I think there's a difference. Like, me and Professor Bruno uh, Fernandez, we were actually talking about this earlier this morning, of, like, the difference between a competition class and a competition team. Like, there's a very big difference that people don't talk en enough about. It. It's, like, a competition team, you'll have, like, max, like, five guys in there, like, five to six guys who are just killers that go in the competition class to progressively get better. Then you get other guys like the hobbyists who go in the competition class just to train and just to be there as extra bodies. And that's okay too. But when we talk about like progressive training and like adding things on, like you can't do that with like just hobbyists. Like you have to do that with a team that's consistently there day in and day out. 
or else it doesn't work. You know, you can't progressively add things when guys don't show up every day. Um, yeah, that's like the big thing too, uh, as the competition training. Um, yeah, not enough consistency. I find like a lot of people, they just like go to training competition class, they do one hard class and they die and then they like never show up for like two, three weeks and then they'll show up again, you know? Uh, but yeah. Do you feel you're getting like that, that competition team feeling in Canada or are you getting more of that feeling now being in the U S kind of experiencing it with that type of mentality there? So here it's really cool too, because so like I'm living with professor Kendall and professor Sowell. Mm-hmm. So like we're comp- like training together. Then we like teach and we like, you know, there's three different schools. So we kind of like, most of the time we like go to a different school each and then we'll come back in at night. And again, we're still together. So we're always together. So that helps build a really good team spirit. And again, like, you know, like we live five minutes away from the gym. So like if we, if we want to train, we'll just go walk to the gym. Okay. We'll train. Uh, so that helps a lot building that like, team atmosphere. And like, of course, you know, like that also helps where like one day, like let's say professor Kendall's like, uh, you know, she's feeling off that day. But then me and Saul were like super high energy and like we're ready to go that day. Well, then that kind of helps bring Kendall's energy up as well. Cause now she's like, okay, well, if you don't take the day off, if you take the day off, you feel lazy because you see like your two roommates going out to train. If you don't follow, you feel not left out, but you feel lazy. So that helps staying consistent. Like, and like over here too, like we have, um, I'm working with a men- mental performance coach here. Uh, and he's really helping us a lot, like building routines and like keeping in our routines, like staying consistent. Like we have like our morning routines or night routines, or, like our routines during like, uh, like water breaks during like uh, our days where we have like a good recovery day or a bad recovery day. Like it, it like just having a lot of routines and being consistent with the routines. Like when you are ha- living with like two to three people that are like, pushing for the same goal it helps you stay consistent and it helps you stay motivated as well uh so that definitely helps for sure here uh in canada like i was living with my parents and it was awesome you know with them too but you know they're not they're, they're not training every day they're, like, they're not you get some black <laughs> they're, not, they're not training every day you're, you're not pulling them on a match no. in the basement and be like hey mom Dad, mom go. we're not training why not no, like, every day <laughs> Obviously, like, they support me in, like, so many other ways, and they're, they're awesome with that. But, you know, it's not the same thing. You know, when you're here, like, you, let's say I have a question. I'm, like, like 50. Okay. I, I kept getting stuck. Like, I was going on my crab ride. Instead of head going straight to leg there, people were pulling me in 50-50 all week. Like, all I have to do is, like, go upstairs. Hey, professor, what is that? Why is this happening? And then he'll tell me like five different reasons. Okay, well, sweet. Now I know why. And then, okay, now I'll write it down. And then after that, okay. Hey, professor, do you want to go draw the gym? Okay, we'll walk five minutes. We're at the gym. And then we can work on what we just talked about. So it finds like, especially like fixing those mistakes, much easier. Like, um, yeah, that's, that's such a great tool to have. Like, and super grateful that I'm able to live with those two high-level black belts. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that definitely helps for sure. Uh, you know, back home, I also have uh, Professor Cameron. You know, Cameron's another high-level black belt, uh, you know, and 
I can't wait for him to start competing in black belt. He's just going to go on a tear for sure. Uh, but it's kind of the similar thing where like, I just kind of have to wait till I'm at the gym. And like I can ask Cameron pretty much anything. I can pick his brain. And he'll help me out. So I think I have a very similar atmosphere, both in Ottawa and here. Uh, it's just here. I can have like an immediate response. Whereas like in Ottawa, I have to wait a little bit and be like, I'm patient with it. Um, and yeah, that's just the big difference between the two. Yeah, for sure. So question for you because obviously you're training with all these different guys that are obviously going to be going to big shows whether it's ADCC fight to win or who's number one or all the tournaments that are going on in the area and obviously you know being part of a big team you're obviously going to see a lot of other big teams competing at these same events um and so obviously the last couple days the whole fight sports allegations and all these different things have happened throughout the the world right and so there's a lot of allegations a lot of obviously stuff that's been happening whether it's sexual assault everything have you guys talked together as a team of like how you're if these if these other affiliates are going to be at that tournament like how you're going to react to it or you're just kind of moving forward kind of have your talk team talk and kind of move forward with it so I have to give a shout out to Professor Kendall here, Kendall Rusing. Uh, if you look, like, ever since those allegations came out, she's been such a strong voice in the community about it. Like, she's posting everywhere, like, with Mo, with everyone, and, like, really making sure that the victims' voices are heard. Uh, and, you know, like, with her, we, we talked about it a lot. You know, and, like, with Gristy Baja, that's the amazing thing is, like, you know, we have so many schools around the world. Like, I think we have around like uh, we have around 900 schools around the world. So we definitely don't want those things to happen. So we have to put things in place. Uh, and I know like Gracie Baja right now, like Professor Flavio and Professor Kendall, I'm sure they're talking about it right now on how to do uh, steps to, for the future to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, but I think the future of jiu-jitsu is to make sure that like, you know, if the teams want to keep growing, like we're growing to have like, a PR team that's separated from jiu-jitsu. That's what needs mm -hmm. to happen in order for the like for everything to be better. Because uh, like it's great that like uh, that like teams are like dealing with these situations, but the problem is a lot of the times it's like if you're great at jiu-jitsu, like you're not you're gonna get like a slap on the wrist, maybe, and then they're just gonna send you off somewhere people see you less, and then you're gonna still be able to train and compete which is not right. You know, that's, that's not okay. It's not because you're great at jujitsu that you can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, you know, it's like a black belt means something, you know, wearing that black belt around your waist not only means that you're good at jujitsu and you've done your years on the time, like it says something about who you are as a person as well. Uh, and people need to remember that as well. And I think that's going to be the future of like setting up PR teams that are not related to the jujitsu or not related to the team. So, like, example, for Gracie Baja, like, we would have a team of lawyers that's literally separated, that doesn't train jiu-jitsu, that knows nothing about jiu-jitsu. That way, if in case, like, a situation like the, the Marcel Gonzalez thing that happened, it's like, okay, well, they're going to deal with that. And they're so unbiased because they're not on the team. They're not on the mats. Mm -hmm. They're not part of the jiu-jitsu community. They, they can have an unbiased opinion and do uh, and just give justice where justice is due. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be really important. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we could have said anything better, honestly. Um, 
I think we'll just leave it at that. Um, it's one of the last things we want to just chat with you this evening about is, you know, what, like, what are your future plans? Like, what are the goals that you want to accomplish? And, uh, you know, any sponsors, anybody you want to shout out, we'll give you the floor, say what you want. And we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up. Man, right now, uh, goals right now, Pan Ams, I got Pan Ams in two weeks. And then after that, uh, Gee Worlds, hopefully no Gee Trials, uh, ADCC Trials, no Gee Worlds, um, International Jiu-Jitsu Con. I'll be competing a lot in this next uh, few months uh, leading up to December. Uh, that's kind of my short-term goal, a long-term goal. Uh, you know, I, I look up a lot to Professor Cameron. You know, he's like one of those guys that's bringing a high-level Jiu-Jitsu and he's bringing light to the Jiu-Jitsu community and like, the, the high level platform, you know, and like, that's kind of my goal one day is to, to put Canada on the map as, you know, one of those big countries, you know, like kind of like, uh, I look at like what Tommy and Espen's doing in Norway, you know, like uh, we're slowly talking about Norway a little bit more, you know, kind of the same thing with Canada, but more on a world, uh, world platform. We're like, okay, now we got Dante as a Nogi world champion on black belt. Like we're going to get more black belt world champions very soon. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure, Cameron is eventually going to get up there, you know, uh, you know, we got guys like Darson down in Toronto uh, and so many great guys like Nathan, Nathan Dos Anjos, like, man, he came down uh, to the States and just started crushing everyone, uh, you know, so that's really going to help as well. But yeah, just bringing high level jiu-jitsu to Canada on a, on a more international level. Like I find in Ontario, the level is very good, but we keep it like, like it's weird we kind of it's, it's imagine like we build a wall around Ontario and we just keep it there like man it's, <laughs> what is, it's weird like, right it's like but Trump like, running on Ontario to, yeah to, we need to you keep know, we like, need to keep the jiu-jitsu out <laughs> it's true you know how many Canadians are you seeing right now in the scene you know like five to ten maybe if that you know like max 20 you know, like we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of like, I think the, the high level guys going to the U S right now, just because of all yeah. the restrictions and everything that's been yeah. happening. But yeah, you know, you I, know, I think that'll change very soon because, you know, like there's a lot more things, uh, there's a lot, you know, the, the travel restrictions are going to be a lot easier. So it's going to be easier to travel back and forth. So you'll see, I think a lot more people starting to go down to, especially the States to compete. Yeah. That was going to be real cool. And like, I think long-term wise, it would be really cool to see like, you know, bring fight to win in Canada, you know, like, you know, I'm spending a lot of time with those, those guys as well. Like the third close grappling guys as well. Like, man, bring one of those super shows to Toronto or something like that. I think that would be really cool. Um, man, the big thing too is get, man, we need more than one IBJF tournament a year. Like it's nonsense that we just have like Toronto open once every two years. And that's and then, it. And then Montreal, like jujitsu is still illegal. Like you can't run a jujitsu tournament. Like it's, <laughs> It's ridiculous. It, it just doesn't make sense. Like, how is that still a thing, you know? Like, know. we need to get, like, uh, like a good team. More on, like, you know, obviously, we need to get a governing body first in Quebec to figure out. Quebec needs to figure their shit out when it comes to Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> figure, your, figure your shit out, Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but, yeah, sponsors-wise, Gracie Baja, uh, Prodigy Athletics, based in Montreal. Uh, they're, they're hooking me up with some geese too. They're really cool. Um, other than that, shout out to my GB Ottawa fam. Miss you guys. I'll be back soon. Uh, other than that, yeah, just come see me in Canada and then the States. If you're out here competing, good job. Let's send more uh, guys out here. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me.
No, well, Jeremy, really a pleasure having you on the show. Really do appreciate it. Wish you all yeah. the best at Pan Ans in the next couple of weeks. And we hope to see you, yeah. obviously, up on that podium would be great. And then send us a shout out. That's going to be awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, Thank guys. You. Thank you, Jeremy. Right. Thanks, Jeremy. See you, buddy.